Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever heard God described as the God of hope? Today, Pastor Jim continues a message that will help you see God more in this way. The Christmas season brings many different feelings for everyone, and it isn't always the best time of the year for some. Many people have experienced great loss or hardship during this time. Of course, God is there through it all, but for many, it can be hard to see Him through their struggle. Remember that no matter how tough things get, God can help you through anything. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 as he continues his message, A Present from Heaven, Hope. We praise you, Lord, because of your hope. We praise you, Lord, because of who you are. You say, okay, it's great. I get it. I get it. But how does it come about? For Isaiah, it was in the future. For us, it's partially in the past and partially in the future. How will it come about? A world-changing child will come. That is how it's going to change. That's point number three, the child of hope. The child of hope. What will this child be like? He will be a perfect ruler, a perfect leader. He will be the answer to all our fears. He will be sent by God himself. And if verse one through five didn't make a lot of sense to you, he's going to pull it all together for us. And he says in verse six, for unto us a child is born. Another version says, for a child will be born for us, unto us, or in other words, to us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. A lot of versions don't have the comma there. It just says Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Shalom. I love that word, Shalom. It just makes me feel calm, doesn't it? Like, Shalom. <laughs> Isaiah is telling us, listen, we live in a broken world. His world was broken just like our world is broken. There are so many things out of your control. Have you noticed that? You want to control things and you just can't. There is a lot of hopelessness that exists in this world. There's times when you just don't know what to do and you feel like there's, how could this be good? You're saying to God, how could any good come out of this? Isaiah says, and even though it's gonna be 700 years from that time, he says, it will be turned into hope by a child, by a child. Now, some of you have had the pleasure of having children. Of course, if you're a guy, it's a little bit more of a pleasure than it is if you're the woman who birthed the child. But I can remember holding all three of my kids and just feeling that sense of peace, that sense of shalom. And then they grew up. <laughs> but he says that this child will be different. It will be different. It will be a son, 
This son will be given to the world by the creator of the world. And the government, who so many of us depend upon, the government will be upon his shoulder. In chapter 7, we were told that Isaiah was the child to be called Emmanuel and that we were to trust in him. Again, a big theme in the book of Isaiah. We're trusting him for deliverance. And in Matthew chapter 1, when the angel appears to Joseph and tells him that his wife has been impregnated or his wife-to-be has been impregnated by the Holy Spirit, he tells him that this child will be Emmanuel. Now, some people read that and go, oh, they gave him the wrong name. His name's supposed to be Emmanuel. But Joseph would have known exactly what the angel was talking about. He told him, Emmanuel means God is with us and he will save his people from their sins. No matter what I say today, whether you hear it or you don't, if you are not a follower of Jesus, the most important thing for you is to be one of his people, to be saved from your sins so you can be part of the kingdom of heaven, part of the kingdom of God. This son will bring out of disaster victory. Victory even over death. He will bring out of darkness light. He will bring out of fear and conflict peace. He will bring out of loss great fulfillment. He will bring out of gloom and despair, joy. He will bring out of hopelessness, hope in God. I once read an old, old author who said, our lives kind of go like this. They're up and down, they're up and down, they're up and down. And yet in heaven, we'll probably remember our lives and it'll be like this. This is when I had a child. This is when my parents passed away. This is when I got a job. This is when I lost a job. It was all God using it all together, working it all together for good, for my good and for his glory. Notice there's four names in verse six, four names, and plus Emmanuel in chapter seven of Isaiah plus another name in chapter 8 that essentially means the word became flesh. The the names are descriptions of the character of Jesus. He's telling us that this Jesus will come, this child will come, he will change everything. So they're not names like we think of names, they are descriptions of his character. And he begins with wonderful counselor. And the wonder describes deity. Deity is that he is God himself. The idea could be that he is wonderful in counsel. His counsel is supernatural. And we see that when we read the Gospels. When Jesus talks, it is so different than everybody else. John 7, 46, it said, the people said of Jesus, no man ever spoke like this man. It's almost like you could picture them sitting in a sermon going, where does he get this stuff from? This guy is incredible. 
goes, talks to the religious leaders. They go home with their tail between their legs. And then he goes out to the common people. And they're like, yeah, we get him. We understand what he's saying. Mighty God. Mighty God. That could also be translated warrior God. Now, some people, they don't like that. They're like, oh, I don't like the warrior God. That's the Old Testament. I love the warrior God. I love it. I love it when Joshua goes into the land of Canaan and the Canaanites are doing all wicked things. I can't believe God let them sit there for 400 years doing that stuff. I would, I, that's my problem with that. People are like, I don't like the ethnic cleansing. I'm like, I don't like that he waited 400 years. And God says to Joshua, I have seen enough. This, this, the way they treat women, the burning of children as sacrifices. Joshua, go in and take them out. I love that God. I love that God. People say, well, I just read the New Testament. Well, read the book of Revelation. He makes the warrior God of the Old Testament look tame. <laughs> he makes him look tame. He's the warrior God. Now, some people like to translate that God-like hero. God-like hero. That sounds like a video game to me. <laughs> like, oh, let's go play God-like hero. Down, download the app. We'll play it, man. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Mighty God. This is the promised Messiah who will reign over his people and the world. The one who will conquer his enemies. Next is everlasting father. People read this wrong and they go, oh, it's all wrong. God's the father. No, the idea is, remember, these are descriptions of his character. Jesus is a father-like figure. He exhibits fatherly care. He exhibits everything that a good father should be. He protects like a good father. Remember, the apostle said, show us the father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. You've seen the way I take care of people. And this was supposed to be the role of the king. Mainly Isaiah deals with King Ahaz in the south, who was a bum of a king. But the role of the king, the king was supposed to act for the good of the people. Like the government is, right? I know most of you are nice when you go down to certain places and the government doesn't treat you very well. You're just like, oh, okay. Not me. I go, you work for me. You work for me. Don't forget that. I'm all, okay. You get good pay. I get it. But you work for us. You work for the people. Some of you want to go into politics. Go work for the people. I bet you'll go far. Go work for yourself. You'll probably go to jail. <laughs> because people are not putting up with it. But Jesus always did what was best for the people. You notice the miracles weren't for himself. The miracles were for others. And on the one hand, you have to notice and appreciate the perfection of Jesus. On the one hand, he is a warrior. You pick on my people, you misrepresent God, Jesus is like, I'm coming for you. But on the other hand, if, if you need loving care, if you need protection, Jesus is there for his own. 
Finally, the Prince of Peace or the Prince of Shalom. Jesus is the administrator of eternal peace, eternal wholeness, the administrator of peace with God. While the desire for inner peace, uh, we all desire that, perhaps here Isaiah is telling us that Jesus brings peace to an unpeaceful world. Now, in that case, while we think of inner peace, it also ties into the warrior God, where when there are people who are not peaceful, God says, well, no, I will bring peace to those people, protecting my children, victory, sort of like a Gideon kind of thing. I will stop bullies from picking on my people. Thinking this through, these characteristics of Jesus, I don't know about you, but I imagine myself on Christmas morning. We don't know the date. It doesn't matter the date. I'm glad we don't know the date. Then we make something special out of the date. But when I pull up to the manger and I think of what lies there, I stand there in a sense of awe and wonder as we'll talk about on Christmas Day, at the humility. God himself would become a man and bring all of these great attributes to our world. Verse 7 says, of the increase of his government, unlike the government we know of or the, or the government under King Ahaz in Isaiah's time, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So now what's he's talking about? Our future too. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment. Some versions say righteousness and justice. Let's just stop right there. So yes, this is Isaiah's future. But much of it is our future too. Oh, we know this Jesus, but much of what he has to do has yet to happen. In Jesus' kingdom, there will be no more gloom. There will be no more sadness. There'll be no more tissues. You won't need them. Nor will it ever end. Certainly this child, this perfect child, the Christmas child, is God become a man. He is the child of hope. Number four is relatively quick and easy to miss, but to me, so inspiring. It is the passion of hope. The passion of hope. Verse seven continues. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It's not our hope, it's his hope. It's God's hope to do all this. It's God's hope to establish and accomplish all of this. In other words, Isaiah is saying, God will keep his promises. And he is zealous to keep his promises. He's excited to keep his promises. He is passionate to keep his promises. How will all of this happen? The child. The child. And what's the motivation for it to happen? the zeal of the Lord of hosts. And the host represents an army of God's people. 
and God's creatures and angels. Isaiah says, the Lord will perform this. He will make it happen. There's no doubt. It's not a matter of if, it is just a matter of when. And remember, Isaiah is saying this despite the fact that the northern kingdom is being invaded by the Assyrians and they do not stand a chance. And because they had left God, they will lose to the Assyrians. They said, God, we don't need you anymore. God said, okay, you don't need me. I don't fight for you. Despite where the southern kingdom is, the little tiny southern kingdom, guess who's knocking at the door there? The Philistines and the Edomites. And then King Ahaz unwisely makes an alliance with the Assyrians. Oh, they'll try and attack the southern kingdom after they roll over the northern kingdom. They're not going to care about the treaty. They're not going to care about that. And then God wipes out the whole army in one night with one angel. So much for the little angel on your Christmas tree. Oh, look, that looks nice. <laughs> There's 186,000 Assyrians get wiped out in one night. I'm like, hi, buddy. <laughs> you and me, we're good, right? <laughs> You're like, he talks to the angels in the tree? I go, yeah, I do. <laughs> He's a pastor. He'll talk to anybody. <laughs> and 100 years later, the Babylonians will come in because they did not heed the warnings. You see, what we're seeing in these kingdoms here is man's weakness up close and personal. Do you know what that weakness is? Self-reliance that I can do it without God. You know, Frank Sinatra Christians, I did it my way. I cannot tell you how many times I meet with people and they tell me they're doing it their way. And then mean Pastor Jim goes, and how's that going for you? <laughs> and usually not too well. And yet, God's power will be on display for the people of God to make sure we hold on to God, to make sure we don't lose our hope, Isaiah tells us, and again, it's tucked in the verse. You gotta read slowly your Bibles to, to hear it. He says it's God's passion for his people. It's God's passion for those who trust him. It's his zeal to make all of this happen. It will happen. If you're new to the Bible, welcome. You need some tools to help you. We'll help you with that. God's certainty is our hope. God's dependability is our hope. His peace is our victory. And his victory is our peace. And he will put this world back together when the Lord Jesus returns. But instead of making it just a theory, like, hey, this is the way it's going to work out someday, God actually demonstrated it for us by becoming one of us. On Christmas morning, he became one of us. Well, actually, when he, eternity passed, the plan was made. The Son of God, known as Jesus of Nazareth, to demonstrate this whole reality to us. What happened? He lived he died, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. 
And so what's gonna happen? He's going to come back. Just like he came back from the dead, he's going to come back from where he is and he's going to come back for his own. Now, it's very interesting about Jesus. You may not find this comforting. I find it amazingly comforting. Jesus spent most of his time, when you study the maps of where Jesus was, preaching, ministering, healing, loving people on the wrong side of the tracks. He spent most of his time up in Galilee. But every time he went down to Jerusalem, what did the religious people do? Gave him a hard time. But it was there in Jerusalem, just like the temple sacrifices, where Jesus was sacrificed on the cross in your place and in my place for our sins. Jesus was enthroned on a cross in Jerusalem. And on the cross, for all who would turn to him and put their trust in him, the child king, the Christmas king, would trade his righteousness to you for your sin. Is there a better deal than that on the face of this earth? Where God says to you, hey, give me your sin and I'll give you my perfection. Now, of course, practically we still sin, but in God's eyes, we look perfect to him, clothed as the Bible tells us, in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So all of this really helps us understand that verse six is a true story and makes a great promise to each and every one of you. For unto us, unto you, a child is born. Unto us, unto you, a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will be your Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This Christmas, may you see, may you know the Savior born in Bethlehem who shoulders everything for you, even your sins against heaven. It is then you will experience and receive hope from heaven that is ultimately found in God's gift to the world, his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you might say, well, how do I get this? I want all this. I could remember when I was, before I was a Christian, I became a later life, I was a later life convert, hearing the preacher talk, and I'm like, how do I get this? How do I get this? Matthew 4, 17 says this, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent. Repent. Realize you're walking one way and God is the opposite way. Turn around. Come to God. Come home. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like Isaiah says, trust in God. Experience the light in the midst of the darkness. And don't forget, Matthew 4, where is it preached? On the wrong side of the tracks. To people who were far from God. To people who really needed 
the hope of Christmas. This Christmas season, my prayer is, may the promises of God and the hope of the child be the great light, be the great hope that you and I so desperately need that this dark world would be seen in the light and we would remember that no matter how dark it gets at night, the day is coming. And even when life seems so very, very dark, the hope of the light of Jesus Christ will be with us each and every day. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archived broadcasts. We promise that your heart and life will be touched very specifically when you take the time to listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teachings of the Bible. Also, know that we are thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you. Through this holiday season and messages just like this one, may you find joy in the Savior Jesus Christ. He can give you peace that passes all understanding, even during this busy time. Will you make plans to join us again next time for another encouraging, comforting, and also convicting teaching of the Word of God? Please do. We hope to be with you next time here on Changed by Love.